Hello and welcome to the Sports Hour on Remake Live on Live FM. Great to have your company on this Friday afternoon. We've got a big show coming up today with uh, several guests uh, here to speak about everything that's happening in the world of sport. So we'll jump straight into it. And now we're going to welcome a different sort of segment today for the Sports Hour where we have uh, the three of us, the trio, Charlie Gill and Jack Fisher. Welcome to the Sports Hour. How are you going today, boys? Uh, yeah. How are you, mate? All, all very well, mate. We um loving me on the show and with the um inclusion of young Charlie Gill, boys are back. Um, yeah, I wouldn't describe me being here as an inclusion. I've been here since the uh the start of the program, but um sort of more of a stalwart of the program. But yeah, it's always great to be here. Well, so thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure to have you both. A bit of a new formula for the show. See how it goes. I'm sure. Uh, it's going to go very well. And uh, we've got the next 20 minutes or so to chat about a few different things going on in the sporting world. Um, one big moment uh, was the surprise passing and the sudden news of uh, uh, Diego Maradona, who passed away um, two days ago and uh, from a heart attack, died at the age of 60. Um, a fabulous player. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think we're all aged 19, boys, and uh, we, yeah. we, missed, we missed his playing career. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he was one of the – he's arguably one of the all-time greatest players to have ever played the game of football, ever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough in 2019 to watch okay. a documentary called Maradona. Um, and – it was incredible. It was about his life as a footballer and oh, the amount of people that watch him and supported him was ridiculous. Um, were there yeah. any moments Matty. that stood out to you boys? Yeah, mate, I couldn't uh, agree more, mate. Um, mate, uh, you know, his influence on me was pretty evident when I was just as, as, you know, as, as ironic as it sounds, I was scrolling through my Instagram and I'm seeing, all kinds of, you know, sporting superstars, you know, across AFL, NRL, yeah. NBA, and, you know, all showing their, um, their memories of um, the soccer player. And, yeah, it just showed how, how much of an influence he had. So, credit yeah. to him. Exactly. I yeah, saw I, um, Sachin Tenduka do a um, exactly. tweet about him from cricket to football. Go on there, yeah. Charlie. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I knew, I was, like, aware of Maradona, but, um, I think like in Australia, you know, we're sort of not um, aware, as, aware of who he was like the same way we might be about Don Bradman or Roger Federer or Michael Jordan. But from what I've read, Maradona was just sort of like considered a god, um, not just in Argentina, but sort of in any sort of soccer dominated country. Um, and I had I did know of him and I knew of his famous, um, the famous game that he played, which was against England in 1986 in the World Cup quarterfinal, um, yes. when he did like his famous um, goal of the century. Uh, goal. We well, did two. He had, he had the two goals. He had the first one, which was he ch- cheated. <laughs> like he yeah. went to do the header. It was it was a great build up. Went the to do the header. The hand of God. And yeah, the hand of God. And now, he used his hand to punch it in. Um, yes. And like I, I looked at that and like how obviously he was became sort of infamous for that but that wasn't really what defined him because then later in that game he kicked like yeah one of the greatest goals ever apparently and just like went past every England defender he sort of uh you know he, he said that he didn't really cheat 
by doing it. Um, and he said they used to do it back in their days, um, you know, when he played in the local park and stuff like that. And then, as you said, yeah. Charlie, obviously uh, the goal of the century, which was unbelievable um, yeah. when he scored that. And, and it was in the same game, as you said, in 1986. Yeah. Uh, the most... Yeah. The most interesting thing about that whole thing is that, because I read about it afterwards, was that back then in like the late 80s or the mid 80s, um, there was like lots of sort of geopolitical tension between Argentina and England because of the Falklands War, because yes. there's like this island off the coast of Argentina called the Falklands. And, yeah, right. Um, and uh, the, uh, like some sort of, some sort of autocrat had just taken over um, Argentina and sort of wanted um, to take the island back. And then Margaret Thatcher, the uh, British prime minister, decided that she wanted to keep it. And so they got into a war. Well, I think it was like not ever considered an official war, but I'm pretty sure 650 Argentinians died and like 250 um, of the English died. And in the end, England won that and they retained the island. Um, but then, I guess, I'm not sure if it was a couple of years later or a year later, um, there was that famous game, um, the quarterfinal, where those two goals happened, the hand of God and that other goal, one of the greatest goals ever. Um, and Maradona said that it was revenge for the war um, and what happened on the island. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's great points, Charlie. Yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah, a bit of a historic background about it. But yeah, yeah it was, it's a, it was... oh, amazing topic and... Uh, yeah. It's devastating. The world has gone to shock. And he had a lot of. Yeah. Uh, the other thing was that off- he was like, "Hey, um, it, yeah, I think you're gonna say what I was gonna say." Go yeah. on. Yeah. Or you're gonna talk. You know, he had a lot post career happening. You know, off off the yeah, field. Yeah. I was gonna say he was a, he was a party yeah. boy. Yeah. And there was yeah. like the there was like some I saw some like article about it at like the last World Cup he was watching Argentina um, play and. They were like sitting in a box with the glass sort of fence and it looked like, uh, it wasn't confirmed, but it just looked like the whole glass thing was just smeared with white powder. And he was like, I'm pretty sure it's accepted that he mm. um, didn't mind a bit of cocaine, uh, yeah. which probably contributed yeah. to his heart failure. But yeah, yeah exactly. It was anyway. uh, certainly an interesting, uh, interesting career and life story from Maradona. And uh, yeah, it's uh you know, it's he's an exceptional player, and uh, you know he brought many fans uh, to, into the game and, and you know entertained many people. But uh, we'll move on now to uh, what kicks off today: the Australian India ODI series. And uh, Jack, what uh, what are you excited about uh, between this ODI series? It's a three match series between the two countries. Virat Kohli, he's going to be leaving shortly after the first test match that happens, what are, what are you expecting to see? And uh, what are you excited about for this uh, upcoming uh, ODI series? Mate, it's, um, it's, it's funny hats. Cause I'm actually in Sydney at the moment, mate. And I'm, yes. I've currently got, I've currently got tickets to go. So I'll be, um, you know, I'll be taking lots of notes on the game, but um, particularly I'm pretty interested to see how Smith goes. I mean, you know, following his IPL performance, you know, he, he wasn't performing to the standard that Smith normally performs at. He's obviously, you know, got the burden of wanting to be an Australian captain um, and, you know, returning that honour that he once had. But, um, you know, he, he, I reckon he's on a big series. I'm keen to see how he goes. He's batting at three. So, um, it's all going to happen. Um, and to follow on with that, um, he needs the support of his bowlers. So, 
you know, big, big Mitchie Stark coming in from the long run up um, and, you know, throwing down some fireballs would be interesting. But, um, you know, they're, they're the two players, I think. We're going to have the big series. Um, and if Australia going to win, they really need to turn up. Absolutely. And um, are there any players you want to see perform really well, like Stoinis, uh, maybe Finchie or Warner up the top, Smith, as you said, or, or some of the bowlers, Cummins, Stark, who do you want to see uh, do really well? Is there a player you have in mind? Um, yeah, mate. I mean, as I said, you know, Stark in, um, Starkey and Smith are my two main players. Um, you know, uh, yeah, if, if Australia win the series, they're going to have to win it through them. But, um, yeah. Charlie, what do, you, what do you think, mate? Are you... Who are you backing in? Who I'm not. I'm not, I'm not really. I'm not really. Cricket, I'm not really a cricket expert, but I do agree. I'd like to see um Steve Smith, I guess, dominate just because I sort of like. I don't know. I'd like to see him. I guess become. I guess. I mean, he probably is already a legend of Australian cricket, but just continue to cement his status as that, um, and continue sort of his redemption arc after the uh, whole ball tampering saga, um, and also yeah, I just love the rivalry between him and Coley. Because they're both sort of such, I guess. I don't really know. I haven't watched that like that many interviews with them, but they seem like sort of different characters. You've got Steve Smith, who's just like, just seems like a little nine-year-old in like a thirty-year-old's body that just loves cricket, and then Virat, who's just sort of like an icon of cricket and like this probably considered like a god in India, Um, and sort of a sort of a I don't know. Got a bit of um. Swagger. Swagger yeah, about him, I think. That's it. He's got a bit of swagger about him. And as much as I like Smith, I wouldn't really describe Smith as having that, that sort of swagger. Nah. He's just sort of more... Nah. But Gil, don't you reckon... You know, naturally if, talented. Yeah, but I, I would prefer Smith, you know, the way he goes about it. Because, you know, Collie goes out there and he just thinks he's Christmas. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he thinks he's Christmas yeah. and it's fair because he is Christmas. But Smith's kind of got a kind of bit of... A bit of um, yeah. He's got that sort of modest. Yeah, he's got that sort of classic Australian humility about him. I, I think. think. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think what's yeah. important though is that like, I I'd rather see Coley be himself and like really sort of aggressive and really hungry to win the game, and I I love seeing that. And uh, to be honest, I don't I don't see, like, yes, Coley. You know, sometimes he can. Everyone, any player can go over the top, and sort of. You know, like for in Coley's case, he can sometimes be just too fiery sort of thing. But I, I love to but see. I love that. Yeah, love how, how that. good's that for the game? So exciting. Yeah, and I yeah. think like people, like you know, anyone, like and all the fans and the media especially shouldn't sort of put that down. Rather, they should sort of encourage it. Like that—that's the best part of cricket. Um, and that are you, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, toe the line. Yeah, um, but because obviously. Respect each other. That's the main thing. But I agree. Um, I sort of love yeah. the sledging and I love the drama to the game. But it's sort of after the ball tampering thing and the whole thing about the culture of like the Australian cricket team and, you know, Warner and stuff and sledging and all that. Like, I'm pretty sure that, I don't know, they sort of like made a real concerted effort to sort of change the culture. I think, um, yeah. One moment that stands out is um, the Smith Archer at the Ashes when Archer was bowling those bounces at Smith and they weren't sort of, it wasn't verbal. It was just a really solid contest, hard competitiveness. They were just going really hard at it. 
that's the sort of stuff that's pretty cool to watch. Like, imagine Stark comes out today, you know, it, like a contest between Stark and Coley, that'd be unreal to watch. Like, they're the moments that are really good, I reckon. Um, yeah. And that, that's what uh, I, I can't, yeah. Can't agree more. I mean, and it stems from, you know, the Mitchell Johnson, Johnson Ashes series yeah. where he's just come out with a you know, <laughs> big beard and, he, you know, the handlebars and he's come out to just, you know, really take off some heads. So, yeah, I, I mean, if Starkey comes out, you know, with that kind of attitude, who can stop him? Seriously, he's got big left armour in swinging Yorkers. I mean, who can stop that? Yeah. And even um, Coley and Zampa. So Zampa's had the, had the better of Coley. Um, you know, in recent history. And guess what Kohli did and India did this IPL series? Uh, Kohli's team, Rajasthan Royals, recruited Zampa. And so Zampa's just been bowling to Kohli in the nets for the last month or so. (laughs) So so that's going to be an interesting battle um, because I think I'm pretty sure that Zampa's been bowling to Kohli uh, in the IPL for uh, Rajasthan Royals. So that's going to be an interesting contest and to see if Zampa gets the better of Kohli again. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll move on, boys. Any last words on the, the ODI series coming up? No, nah, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited to see how we go. I mean, you know, we're back on home turf. You know, crowds are allowed to, you know, a bit more of an, um, a crowd these days compared to the AFL season. So um, yeah, I'll be interested, mate. Um, you know, hopefully get the win. When are you going to pop down, Jack? It's uh, Friday morning. When are you going to pop down to the SCG? Mate, um, well, as I see here on, on the veranda, Maxi, it's a beautiful day. So I'm just enjoying the sun at the moment. But um, shortly shortly after, I'll be heading down to the SCG and, um, you know, getting my, getting my bucket, KFC bucket hat on and um, enjoying yeah. the weather. Well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see you shortly. Anyway, all the viewers out there, they'll be seeing you take a crowd catch, won't they? Oh, no doubt, mate. It's my bread and butter <laughs> these days, Hattie. That's the man. All right, boys. Well, um, <laughs> look, is there anything, Charlie, anything from you uh, you'd like to say? I know you got a, you're a busy man. You got a few uh, agenda items uh, after this uh, meeting. Um, but, um, um, you know, are there any book recommendations or movies you got for us? So uh, I've heard that, you know, you've been telling me about some of the movies you've been watching and, and um, yeah. Do you want like a, in a, you know, I'll make it a sport theme. Um, considering this is the sports hour. Yeah. Um, book recommendations. Hmm. What I mean, I could recommend something pretty boring like Chris Judd's biography. I read that when I was about 12. Um, but I wouldn't recommend that. It wasn't the most thrilling read. Um, no, I'll if you haven't, like, this is the most. Oh, this is the most obvious one. Like everyone, so many people have read this. But if you haven't read this, you should read Andre Agassi's um, autobiography. It's so funny and it's just really good. Came out a while ago. Probably came out like at least fifteen years ago. Um, I one hundred percent recommend that to anyone listening that hasn't read that. You should read it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I might give that a crack. Yeah, Gilbert sounds good, mate. I'd ha- love mm-hmm. to. I'm out. On my behalf, um, lads, I'm not the biggest movie watcher, so I can't really give too much input. But um, yeah. you can't go wrong with the Michael Jordan documentary. I mean, oh, that was yeah. something else. Um, you know, the, the, um, the, um, the series was just unbelievable and the access you get is just ridiculous. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'd highly recommend that. 
One that I watched recently, and it's related to sport, is was a documentary, uh, the the Kathy Freeman one. It's just called Freeman, and uh, that was pretty cool to get an insight into um, just just how she rose to the top as an athlete. And um, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. That was actually pretty cool. It goes for about an hour. Yeah, I should watch that. Yeah, check it out on ABC iView. That came out recently, um, and. While we're in the theme or, you know, while everyone's sort of thinking about Diego Maradona, the Maradona documentary, that's a pretty uh, cool one to watch to just get an overview of his whole life. I actually watched yeah, I watch that it. near your house, Charlie. I uh, watched that down at the... Uh, at Cinema the, Nova. Cinema Nova. Yes, correct. Um, but anyway, boys, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. And uh, it's been a great chat. Um, and uh, as always, have a good Friday evening. Have a good one at the cricket, Yexter. And uh, Charlie, have a lovely night. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Cheers, Thanks, Thanks for having, having me on again, um, host Maxi. And um, hope you're all well, Gil. It was a good agenda. And we'll speak yeah. soon. Looking, looking forward to next week. Beautiful, cool. boys. Cheerio. And now we welcome our regular on the show, Patrick Morrow. How are you going today, Patrick? Very good, Max. Very good. Been very busy. Uh, looking forward to discuss a few top sporting moments of the week. Uh, it's been an interesting couple, uh, 48 hours in the world of sport. Um, I don't know if you heard the news. Uh, Diego Maradona, arguably the world's greatest uh, soccer slash football player, has passed away. The Argentinian died at the age of 60, suffering a heart attack. Uh, arguably up there with the greats in Palais. Uh, in terms of uh, legendary status. So um, a quite a sombre day in Buenos Aires, but especially around the world. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, quite surprising when the news came through this morning. And, you know, unfortunately for myself and you, we, we probably missed Maradona and, and his playing days. But, um, you know, I still managed to capture some of his... Uh, playing career and and sort of a bit of his life really in a documentary I watched which was uh which was quite amazing to see sort of everything he went through as a star footballer to uh to a, to a manager and then some of the off-field issues he had but um some of the highlights I just see even this morning are quite incredible of um him just striding through the the soccer field and in the attacking half of the ground and scoring goals the handball when he went up for the header and stuck his hand up <laughs> and he, uh, it was just amazing. Uh, some of the things and, and, and what he even says about him. Um, yeah. So look, it's uh, sad news. Um, yeah, but truly a wonderful life he had. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we, what have you sort of, obviously you didn't watch him, but, um, what what was some of your what what stood out for you uh, from from Maradona? Uh, what stood out for me especially is the way he could just uh, if you watch highlights of his old old footage of when he played when he was younger days, uh, just some of the skills he could have was just marvelous to watch. Uh, you don't see it now, uh, unfortunately, and I think many modern footballers they have not they don't they don't play. The only ones who I can comparable to Maradona in the way the passion of the fans would be someone like a Neymar or a Messi in today's term. Yeah. Um, those people, you know, stop the world stops for them basically. Um, while 
and, and maybe Mbappe to a lesser extent after the France won the World Cup. I remember there was a lot of French people uh, just jubilant from Mbappe, but then no one's no one no one like him. If you talk to anyone, no matter what sport it is, cricket, AFL, if you ask them who's the greatest sportsman of all time, they'd have you know Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, uh, you know a few others in there as well. But if it comes to soccer, they go, there's only two. There's only Pele and Diego Maradona. And Maradona's just, uh, you know, you look at the footage and you go, how do you do that? How do you do that? And you question, you go, well, it's just one of these guys that God gave him the gifts that, you know, produced some amazing talents. And, you know, uh, it was an interesting uh, tribute on Fox Sports tonight, which um, I watched and, um, you know, just hearing, I did not know, I didn't realise this, but Australia played Argentina in a 1994 World Cup qualifier or one of the qualifiers we had to play. And this is the time before we had to go to Asian Conference. So this is when we were in the Oceania Confederation, which was uh, seen at the time as inferior, too inferior for us. And the problem was, uh, and most soccer, non-soccer people would not understand this, why we not qualify for the World Cup multiple times was because of the issue with, we get to the Oceania stage, we play all the Pacific nations who would have blokes who would be working from Monday to Friday. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't play, they wouldn't play professionally. So they'd just play on the Saturday and kick a ball around, represent the country. And then we'd get to a point where we have to play the fourth best team in South America. And that would be no, no given any year as the South American qualification system works, it's quite crazy. And you get Peru winning games against Argentina or Bolivia beating some team or, you know, Guyana, Guyana will magically play a game and beat someone or someone will beat someone. And it all ended up falling place for the straight play Argentina. And uh, the first leg was played in Sydney. And, and uh, there's a story of um, uh, a story of where uh, the Australian fans in boo the Argentinian national anthem. And that's never happened around the world. And that's the only time the, while Maradona was playing, apparently it's the only time when the fans in boo the national anthem. So Argentina, was so used to playing in front of, uh, for example, the Macarena in Brazil or, uh, you know, other, other stadiums around the world, including, you know, the Stadio Olympica in Italy or, you know, Parc de France in France, in Paris, you know, like they got booed. And it's very odd in Australia. We kept quiet. We let them do the national anthem. They come to the, then they went back to Argentina to play the second leg and unfortunately lost. And um, what was interesting about that was um, Diego Maradona, personally told the Argentinian fans to please be quiet while the Australian national anthem's on. And what's interesting about it is the, Australian, the Argentinians actually all, apparently it was near to 100,000 capacity. So just imagine like MCG style pitch, uh, cell, uh, ground, but just yeah. think, you know, uh, a little bit less fancy than ours. Uh, and, and, and just yeah. think, just imagine all these people quiet, listening to the Australian national anthem, hearts on their hand like that. Um, and then, the Argentinian national anthem is belted out and they, you know, they sing that and then the match starts. And then, you know, for example, Robbie Slater was in that game and he was discussing on Fox Sports tonight about this story where they went to a nightclub after the game. They were devastated. And I think they just said, well, the last time we're going to be together as a camp, as a group, they said, we'll go out for a night out. And um, they ended up going to a nightclub that was like Diego Maradona's, like one of his prestigious places he went. Um, yeah. And it's the same kind of story here about the great plays in any sport of just him rocking up with like security guards, his entourage, his other play teammates, and then they get to some VIP spot and he goes to the bum and he goes, uh, for those Aussie boys over there, drinks on me tonight in Spanish. And then <laughs> Robbie Slander and a few others went up and 
they got invited to this VIP section. And then Robbie Slater, who actually spoke, I didn't know this as well, he spoke fluent Italian. So, you know, him and him, wow. Maradona spoke fluent Spanish and Italian because he played at Napoli and Barcelona. So both of them speaking, discussing life, whatever they discuss is quite, would be great to be sitting there listening. But, you know, it's quite, you know, amazing. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, forget, uh, what, what, what's so amazing about Diego Maradona is when they won the World Cup in Argentina, and this is something that it goes back um, to, to that time period, was the Falkland War was going on at the time. Um, you know, it was a quite distressing time in, English, in British history terms. And that captivated the whole of Argentina because of the whole Falkland War thing and then uh, this hatred with the, with the English. And, um, you know... When Maradona scored the hand of God, as it's known now, or the, the famous, very famous handball, um, it was seen as a hugely uh, political moment in sport. And um, it's very similar to the underarm incident. It had the same kind of effect. And what was very odd about it as well, Max, is, and I, I tweeted this today, I said, you had people in, in Glasgow, in Scotland, out of all the places celebrating like they've won the game. And uh, also it comes back to the Scottish-English rivalry. There's actual Scottish fans that celebrate Maradona's handball like it's they've won the World Cup for Scotland. And it's because of this pure uh, dislike with the English and to do with the fact that um, there was a lot of, I think, a lot of uh, jokes and a lot of banter between the Scots and the English. And it turned out that Maradona's goal, this goal basically turned the rivalry on its head. And then uh, Scotland played England in a few internationals and that was quite heated. But... Just the whole, um, uh, the running jokes going on. England lost the World Cup by a handball and uh, especially over yeah. there. So you, know, you got that whole whole scenario there as well. And, you yeah. know, what he was able to do at a few clubs, especially, you know, Napoli, and I've been to the Stadio di Olimpia. It's uh, quite a spectacular place to watch uh, football or soccer. And um, that day I remember seeing, uh, you know, 100,000 fans and it was a normal home and away game. And uh, you see both ends of the stadium blue, light blue, and, you know, one side of the stadium has a mural of Maradona, the other side is uh, uh, one of Roberto Carlos, and it's quite um, remarkable when you go, wow, they love him to many. So many many countries will be mourning his loss, uh, no matter if it's Buenos Aires in Argentina or it's Napoli in Naples or in Italy or Barcelona in, in Spain. It's going to be multiple and multitudes of people who supported Maradona. Um, the, you know, the unfortunate thing is that there'll be a lot of controversies and there's been some things uh, written in the media just now uh, that I think that I think people need to realise that, yeah, just let him go to peace, go to peace. And now, and then you'll be able to discuss, discuss those controversies in years gone by. I think uh, personally, I think, you know, what happened happened. Um, you can't change that. And I think people need to respect how great he was Um the handball incident will be talked about for generations to come. And I think it will be something that will be discussed. You know, there's a lot of theories that maybe the ref got bribed or, you know, something like that happened, but you know, who knows, who knows. And, you know, with, and as Maradona has said, he clearly handled the ball. So, you know, only, only the ref knows if he stuffed that up. And I'm guessing he did because uh, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that before or after that event, you wouldn't think that ever happened, but it's quite remarkable in its own right. Oh, well said, Patrick. And um, yeah, there's so many chapters to his life. Um, he's a player to, you know, certainly interesting and as a, as a player on the field, just exceptional. Um, 
and yeah, sad news, but um, you know, it's it's quite incredible what he was able to achieve, and yeah, just his life in general was very interesting. Um, yeah, and, and unfortunately, we weren't able to see it. Uh, you know. But uh, as you said, you visited the stadium and you, you, you told us there a little bit about the atmosphere and just how incredible it is. And, and it is like uh, my brother, he went to England um, last year and he was telling me about, you know, how they have about 23 AFL grand finals every season. You know, the stadiums yeah. are just filled and it's so loud. It's incredible. Um, and yeah, I, you know, players like Maradona create this uh, atmosphere um for the fans and and all the people um so a tribute to him um and yeah well said patrick uh we'll, we'll move on now to um the new a-league team macarthur fc uh and uh they've got mark milligan who uh used to play at melbourne victory and he's playing for them is that right yes he is he is uh macarthur fc if uh, i know the a-league fans out there would be going old oh, macarthur fc some new team Franchise, here we go. Same as Western United, the whole whole kit and caboodle given to him. Um, as a supporter of a new, uh, well, a fan, or not a founding club, but a uh, club that was made up as well in Melbourne City or was Melbourne Heart, um, I say congrats to them. Uh, yes, Mark Milligan's in the squad. They've got a few very interesting players in the uh, goalkeeping position as well. Adam Federici. Now, uh, many would know him as someone who's been a journeyman. Uh, he's played at multiple clubs. Uh, represented Australia at one, st- one stage. Uh, he's played in the Premier League with AFC Bournemouth, played at Stoke, Nottingham Forest. So they've got a good head there. Mark yeah. Milligan, of course. Uh, it be and interesting how they go. Hopefully they'll get fans to the game and they play against Sydney FC. That'd be great to watch, actually. And, and um, they're located and, in New South Wales um, as yes, well? Yes. They're, lo- yeah. they're lo- yeah, located in New South Wales. They're playing at uh, Campbelltown Stadium. So... There might be a bit of a rivalry with uh, Western uh, Sydney, uh, which would be good to see. And um, the interesting thing as well, their first ever signing was uh, Tommy Orr. So he's come out of the uh, come back out of the wilderness for someone who was uh, heavily playing uh, the, the, his trade over in Europe in the lower leagues of Germany and uh, Czech Republic and a few other places. Um, to now get a you know another opportunity in the A League is great for him, and I hope he goes well. And uh, also, the manager is a great manager in Ante Milicic, who was unfairly, I think, unfairly sacked uh, as manager of the women's, co- women's uh, national team for Australia. Uh, great manager, knows his stuff. So they'll be, a, they'll be an interesting team. They've got a few players, a lot more experience than I, th- I say the Western United had for last season, uh, even though they had Di- Alessandro Di Tamanti. Um, they didn't have the experience in that, uh, you know, just that, you know, guys like Mark Milligan, for example, can turn games on their head. Tommy Orr, you know, is better than the A-League, in my opinion. Ivan Franich, um, even though he's passed his time a bit, they've got someone in the experience in the defence yeah. uh, area. They've got two... They've got uh, also as well, they've got three players coming out of Europe. And that is uh, a guy called Michael Suziaso, who played for uh, Real, uh, Real Betes and uh, also uh, Atletico Bilbao. Also Binet, who, do, who also played at the same clubs. Uh, so they both played La Liga. So they played, both played European football. And another guy called Antonius Matrius, who's a Greek Cypriot, uh, who's on loan from Michelin, uh, a team from, the, uh, from uh, Denmark. So, you know, they've got a few players in there who are, uh, you know, pretty handy. Um, you know, there'll be a bit of a test. And also they've got Matt Darbyshire as well, uh, who's played at multiple clubs, such as Blackburn, Plymouth Argyle, Wexham and Olympiacos. So they've got... You've got a lot of experience, so uh, they'll be an interesting um, team to see. And I hope 
Uh, the A League season, the A League season starts in about a month's time, so it'd be great to yeah. see how they go. And, um, hopefully, hopefully they go well because you know with these new sides, they don't always perform well early on, and they get lost in their you know lost in their way. So it'd be great if uh, we see you know this new team step up and uh, go the next step um, this year. Yes, and uh, yeah, the A League starts on the twenty seventh of December, and as well as that, the the women's um, league as well starts uh, on the 27th of December starting at the same time so um, it's going to be uh, an interesting season and they'll be one team to watch, a new team coming in um, Now to the, uh, the Australia versus India ODI series which starts tomorrow uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that and your thoughts on the, the upcoming cricket series? Yeah, well, it's been a bit lost in the uh, translation of sport uh, this week, Max. And I'll be honest, it's been lost in a lot of people's minds. I think if you told anyone on Monday morning, oh, Australia are playing India in a test in a one-day series this week, they'd be telling you, what do you mean they're playing in a one-day series? I thought they're playing a test series. So, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, series. They've started off in uh, at the, um, uh, I think it's the SCG, if I'm wrong. Could be. Yes, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there. So, all good there. Um, I think they're going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think they're apparently going to be making one change, and that's uh, uh, apparently want Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis in, which would make a lot more sense than uh, Mitch Marsh is injured. Um, it, it just makes more sense in a, in a cricketing terms. You know, those guys know what to do. You know, we've seen Glenn Maxwell be an exclusive batsman, uh, loves to hit the big sixes, and also Marcus Stoinis. Knows how to bowl, uh, knows how to bat. Done a lot of work in the T20 format, which I think helps in the one-day game, especially the back end. Um, also, I think one also one issue as well is that, um, and I, I think the one issue as well for the Australians will be how do they stop uh, Vera Kohli? I know it's talked about multiple times, and um, I think how they're going to stop him. Uh, he's close. He averages nearly 60 in all one-day games. So, and and 50 in 50 over matches in Australia. So you know. Genuine gun cricketer. Um, yeah. You're going to have to bowl really tight to him. And also, you, you've got to remember as well, they've got guys like Shikha Darwin, Shimmer and Gill, K.R. Rahul. Uh, also, you know, Rohingya Jayaja, he can bat as well. So, yeah, you know, you've got a lot yeah. of guys. Got, yeah, they've got a lot of deep deep batting lineup in here. And I think a lot of people will forget that. I think Australia's team, looking from it, I think they're just giving, gearing themselves up for the red ball stuff. But... I think looking from that side, it's more looking to just develop players. And I think, you know, the guys like Daniel Sams, for example, I think that's a great, great inclusion just just because he hasn't played, you know, give him a chance and see how it goes, you know. Um, another one that I think is going to be great to see as well is Cameron Green. How will he fare, uh, uh, you know, with all this hype behind him and a lot of this test talk behind him, how will he fare in the one-day format? If he gets a game, which would be great to see as well. So it's a good lead-up until the test series, which I think will be, a lot will be taken a lot more serious in the in the sporting context of the world, but um, it'd be good to see. And also, this one day series actually is quite important to who actually gets qualification for the World Cup as well. So uh, for twenty twenty three, so it'd be good if the uh, the Aussies could get the series there and get the Chockeys underway. But it'd be a good series. I think I think Australia will win. They are playing the three the three one days are all playing. Uh, so the two one days are playing at the SCG and the third one's at the Marnock Oval. So Marnock Oval, we know it's going to be a road. The SCG is going to be, you know, what will they dish up on the on the 29th? That's two days backing from the 27th. Uh, mm. Will be all depending on what the QA wants. He might he might make tomorrow's pitch less uh, 
favouring the bowlers more for the batters uh, so that the uh, other pitch can be prepared properly and maybe we might see a bit more swing and a bit more seam on the next game. And then the Martin Grove, as I said, uh, could be a really much a road, so it could be a run for meeting anyone's real chance. So I think it's going to be... It could be a tie or it could be an Australian win. I could see India winning as well, but we'll see what happens, Max. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's great. It's great cricket's back. Uh, obviously got the women's big bash as well, uh, which is uh, taking place and the, the, the final for that is on uh, this Saturday. Uh, Melbourne Stars are either going to be playing the Brisbane Heat or the Sydney Thunder. And the one thing I've seen with the women's big bash is a real improvement in the standard. Um, and yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, we've been able to see that on Channel 7. Um, and yeah, the, the upcoming series, Australia, India will be uh, broadcasted on Foxtel uh, slash KO. Um, so plenty to watch there. I'm very happy that uh, the cricket, the men's cricket's back. It's going to be uh, good to watch. And uh, yeah, yeah, as well as the, the big bash. Yeah, and I think, Sorry, Kate, off the max bill. I just want to say as well, it's great to see some international cricket back in Australia, considering considering six months ago, I didn't think anyone would expect to play any any sport at this time of year with the uh, case numbers being so high around the around the country. So it's just great to see and uh, hopefully it's a great series and then hopefully by the time you know it, we'll be having a, a boxing day test with fingers crossed more than 25 And there's been some reports absolutely there, Patrick, um, it's, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, now, to some reports, uh, Lewis Hamilton, apparently he's been knighted. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about this, the Formula One uh, race race car drive, driving uh, driver, sorry, um, the superstar, Lewis Hamilton, who wins most races um, at this stage of his career. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the reports of him being knighted? Well, yes, uh, you know, seven world time champion, Max. Uh, you know, the the Queen might have realised, oh, yeah, maybe we should give him a sir. Um, he's in arguably, he'd be the only F1 driver behind uh, John Brownman to have a sir next to his name and uh, Johnny Herbert. So it's quite a remarkable uh, achievement for him. Um, is it the right thing to do when the UK is in the position at the moment, as I'm talking more COVID related and politics related, not really, but in the sporting context, well, congrats on him. Uh, you know, he's done a lot for the sport. Uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton was a pretty much an idol from a lot of people, our age, especially, you know, when you saw all of them driving cars around Melbourne and Adelaide and uh, all the other places, I think it was only real Schumacher. that was the only one that everyone kind of took uh, the imagination and Hamilton's, taking that imagination. Um, I think it's a great thing uh, overall. What he's done uh, overall as a uh, takeaway, he's driving, but just overall as a, as a person, um, I think he's um, not the nicest person ever, but I think some of the stuff he's done outside the sport as well can be respected and congratulated um, as well. So I think that's well-deserved. Um, and also, you know, He's seven-time world champion. Will he go eight? If he goes eight, then well, you got to give him. You got to give him more than just the eight-time world champion. So the Sir Lewis Hamilton next year will be an interesting one to see how the commentators will react to that one. Um, be great to hear what they say tomorrow night during practice in Bahrain. Uh, be interesting what you know the guys like Brundle and Crofty will say about it. Um, I think they'll be ever praising about it, and I think it's well deserved. Um, 
Uh, and also, also to say this as well, I also question um, the knighthood only on why would you pick a racing driver? That's the only question I've got. Take away the test, take away all everything he's done. Uh, that'd be my only question. But overall, I think it's a great achievement, and I think uh, Lewis Hamilton's going to go down legend, legend, one of the legends in the sport. Uh, you know, there'd be a lot of arguments saying that you know Schumacher is the best, and he will be number one and in center as well. Uh, but just on this era of racing during the V6 era, I think uh, Lewis Hamilton will just be down as one of the best. And I think the knighthood uh, just emulates that. And, um, you know, good on him. And, you know, if I, if I bump you down the street, be, hello, sir. So uh, it'd be a very odd one for him. I don't think, I don't think they'll be, uh, I don't think he'll be uh, too, um, let's say pompous about it. I think it'd be pretty respectful. Like most of the sports stars that have been being given a sir. And I think it'd be great on the forum and, you know, uh, that's well-deserved. Absolutely, Patrick. And uh, got to thank you for coming on again. Uh, you're back after a uh, little bit of a hiccup last week. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't get you on, but uh, I'm super pumped to have you back on and uh, great job again today and uh, appreciate all your time on the sports hour. Absolute pleasure, Max. Great to be on, and uh, uh, we'll talk soon. And that was Patrick Morrow, our uh, lovely regular who comes on every week to uh, share his ideas with us and uh, give us all the details going on in the sporting world. Uh, so that wraps up our show for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, there's plenty in there for you to listen to, and uh, if you've gotten this far, really appreciate your support for the Sports Hour, and uh, as always, check out our Twitter page at Sports Hour FM and uh, thanks for tuning in.